Hello everyone, this is the Get Hyperion Collection, the podcast for movie lovers and doobie brothers. We're recording uh, this podcast to review all of the uh, dankest stoner movies. We will only review stoner movies. Don't ask us to review anything else. This is the new episode, this is the new year, and I've got uh, a new co-host. Hello. This is a uh, four-out voice, my spouse. Eloise. <laughs> um, we've uh, parted ways with uh, Omar um, between like his episodes and uh, we wish him the best of luck with, uh, you know, we just wish him the best of luck with what <laughs> he goes on to doing his various and creative endeavors and stuff. And uh, we've got the returning guest, the returning champ, Graeme from the last episode, the Halloween one. So say hi to everyone. Uh, hi, hi everyone. How's it going? <laughs> Most popular guest. Yes. Graham's First and only more, guest. Graeme's done more of these than I have, so... Yes, that's... <laughs> I'm a vet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes things a bit weird, actually. And, uh... <laughs> Well, like, how are things going? You had like uh, all of those like challenges and stuff going on last time that we spoke. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Well, I got through the the Halloween ones. We did well over, uh, I think forty something movies plus like three full television shows, um, all through October. Um, so I think I may. I'm, I don't think I'm going to do it next year for for October. Um, probably just you know watch horror movies without a list um just randomly but uh then we did december where we did 12 days of horror and then the rest of the 25 days up to christmas all christmas movies so it had to be holiday horror or just straight up holiday like we did elf and christmas vacation and uh then like gremlins and stuff like that and i think we hit like 27 actually by the end so yeah well i got like a kid so it's mainly just like watching like you know like a lot of disney i had a very like disney heavy rotation during the holidays we, uh, we we watched uh uh my one of my favorites is the muppet christmas carol yes historical accuracy <laughs> <laughs> i as that is probably my favorite uh version of any dickens anything uh it's wonderful and michael kane is unbelievable in it just full-on acting his ass off against the puppets it's amazing it is incredible it is you gotta do it it's one <laughs> of those things like you either like a half asset which can be funny in its own way or you just completely commit Go in. he totally committed loved it the rest of them aren't puppets yeah <laughs> and um so let's uh, get into this let's talk about the movie this is a uh, you promised this for a while how high the red and meth comedy vehicle and the reason why i made this podcast is because i just like what i like about stoner films is you can just get like anyone and if you need to like give them like a movie project you just make it a stoner film and they can be like rappers you got like comedians 
you could probably just like mock one up yourself with Cheech and Chong, like obviously like two comedians just decided to make a film. Red Meth, oh so Ice Cube. Oh, I've got to say like uh, between podcasts, RIP to a tiny lister who sadly like passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to bring up the Rotten Tomatoes score for how high. Oh, interesting, yeah. Yeah, I like to bring up the Rotten, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think? What do you think the critic score is? I I don't even know how Rotten Tomatoes ranks that. Like, do that? Is it through stars? It's a percentage, and like anything. Okay, fifty is rotten. Okay, is rotten or fresh. So, um, I don't think it did well when it first came out. So, I think the reviews probably lean towards like. 67%. Okay, um, 67% is actually a fresh rating. Is this 26% out of 57 oh, oh, I was sort of going by grades, I guess. Yeah, you're like trying to like, oh, I think this is a solid B. <laughs> That's like a D, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm okay, so that's not good. But the audience score is 79%. Okay, so yeah. that makes sense. 67,107 different people. All stoners, apparently. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, this is what's good about uh, these things. Like, it's literally the definition of, like, I wouldn't say quite, like, a cult classic, because I'm going to bring up the, uh, I'm going to bring up the box office is 31.3 million on a 12 million budget. That's pretty good that's, that's really good. It's not quite a cult classic because it made money. And that's yeah. like way more on like DVD sales and stuff. Because a lot of people, rappers, when they make their uh, little vanity projects and they flop, they say, well, it made it back on the DVD. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you, uh, what's that compared to like Half-Baked? Because I feel like I feel like that's sort of like the benchmark as far as like, I don't know, I saw Half-Baked in the theater, so I feel like a lot of people did, because I don't go to the theaters that much. I didn't even back then, so. Yeah, um, for the budget, the box office is 17.5 million. And these are not too far apart. Uh, No. Half-Baked came out in 98, How High came out in, uh, 2001, I think. Yep. Which is weird, because, like, if you look between those two films, like, Half-Baked has a very dated aesthetic compared to uh, How High I Feel. It's, though, like, most people, extras in How High will dress up like preppies. Yeah. And most people in Half-Baked dress up like they're in, like, a music video from the 90s. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, they were at Harvard and How High, so you're going to get a lot of preppy. So I think, you know what? I just want to say real quick, I rewatched How I hadn't seen How High forever, and I just rewatched it this week. And I absolutely loved it way more than I thought I was going to. Mm. And it's because it actually has a lot of relevance to today, more than most of those stoner movies ever have. It's weird to me. It does have a relevance, and it's not like 
a very deliberate relevance, like Harold and Kumar is like explicitly like uh, about race and racism and stereotypes and stuff. Yeah. Well, um, how high I think like it's got racing. It's also got like a class aspect as well. Yeah. There's a very like a slobs versus snobs thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which yeah, yeah. on like the tail end of like the Trump presidency. <laughs> I think that's kind of relevant. Yeah. <laughs> he was a slob. That's like his horrible appeal. <laughs> I guess, but, like, to a certain degree, you've also got, like, the, I guess, who's kind of the main antagonist of the film, is also black, so... He's what you call a gatekeeper. Yeah. Yes. He's a gatekeeper, he's got his, and he's, like, worried about any other, like, black people showing up and, like, making him look bad. He's, like, mortified about it. You know, like, let's get into this. Let's, like, start to... Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I just want to say one thing. Yeah. Referencing the last one, which was Idle Hands, right? Mm-hmm. Devin Sauer really wants to do a sequel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my mind every time I see him come across my feet. <laughs> I'd like to see I, I'll watch it. I, I'd, I'd absolutely. I'd, I'd go and pay and see it. Um, yeah. It sounds fucking incredible. <laughs> So, um, I guess I'll, like, start, like, talking about the plot now that I don't have, like, Omar here to, like, uh, document all of the plot for me. Because <laughs> he's always, like, great at that stuff. Um, so, how high is, like, basically, Wu-Tang meets Cheech and Chong meets Animal House. That's what it is, basically. You got your main character, Silas. He's kind of, like, he's, like, a bit of, like, a unique protagonist for a stoner film because he's got this kind of, like, I don't know, like, projects, weed shaman type thing going on. He's got a gift and a passion. He does. He's got a gift and a passion. He just lacks, like, uh, the funds and the resources to, like, get him there. Like, he's, he, he's mentioned, like, he's able to just, like, master all the strains. He's, like, gets him to, like, what he wants to do. He's, like, basically, like, borderline magic with it. But he doesn't have like the uh, resources, and also at the beginning, he's also explicitly not interested. Like his line that he says uh, to his friend Ivy, Ivory, Ivory says, "Get your uh, head into those books." He says, "Half those books are full of bullshit; the other half lies." <laughs> it's very, like, his own like kind of like street smarts, but also like I mean, if he's referring to specifically research on weed at the time, he's probably right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's like still like technically illegal. Yeah, yeah, it is. In it's... America to like research weed and its effects properly. From a... Yeah, you're gonna, the closest you're gonna get is like an anarchist cookbook type of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like an interesting character. He uh, doesn't know how to put on a jumper. You see that at the very beginning when he shows up. He still's got like, across his chest, one arm hanging out, the other one in there. Just completely incapable <laughs> of putting a sweater on and himself. And he does this twice, he does it twice, he just like wears one sleeve and stuff. <laughs> like a toddler or something. <laughs> you, always, you always think about like Method Man, like you're just like, oh yeah, he was like, just like a normal hip-hop fashion from the time. No, he's always yeah. doing something weird. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> 
Like, he tucks a toothbrush up into He always had a toothbrush in his either his hair or his mouth for like four years straight. Yeah, yeah. in the gravel shit video, that's what he's got. His mouth. I didn't know this. I, oh my God. He was, in, he was in interviews just randomly, like in videos and stuff, but also just like on the streets. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's all like. That's amazing. I mean, when you're in a crew with like about 18 other people, you got to like find your little ways to stand out, don't you? He was already like the easiest one to pick out, though, I feel like. <laughs> he had the voice, I feel like he was taller than them all. Like he had the presence already. He didn't need the toothbrush. You God needed the toothbrush. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> This is, um, I think this is like, he did like a bit of, Method Man, he did a bit of acting before this. But, um, like, since he's become, he's become great since, I think. He was in, um, The Wire for like a good portion of The Wire. And he does pretty yep. good as, good in that as cheese. He pops up in stuff and I'm always excited to see him. He, he, he popped up in, uh, what I think, uh, uh, Luke Cage, mm. uh, for for a real quick second, That's he was fun. in the the sitter with uh, 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 what's his name, Jonah Hill. Uh, uh, the sitter, he's in that. He was in that Adam Sandler movie that was actually kind of good, The Cobbler, and he played like sort of. It was like a drama, like come. It was weird, but he was the only good part in it. it was, I love Method Man. I think he's continuing to get better and better. Method Man an and Red Man basically like just carry this film and the charm basically. Because if you look at the characters themselves, like they're kind of like huge assholes. Silas is like a grumpy ass curmudgeon. Like to, <laughs> though he's like extremely beloved in his community. As yeah. opposed, like the guy yeah. in Staten Island, people like walking up to him in the street, high-fiving him, all the ladies love him. He looks but after his dad. He looks after his dad. No, he's yeah. not that bad. But he's just, like they say, he's got to apply himself. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, this film seems to, like, take place in its own, like, weird kind of, like, universe. Like, not only just, like, weird things, like the whole, like, uh, the THCs. Like, <laughs> the college exams. The college exams, into. the THCs. <laughs> the credentials. They got the um. <laughs> that's one like bizarre thing, like the bizarre rules about the afterlife. And so, how... some of this I feel is explained by the fact the movie's produced by Danny DeVito. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's just like every time I see produced by Danny DeVito, I know it's going to be some bizarre shit. It's, also it's a little off, yeah. It's also directed <laughs> by Bob Dylan, one of Bob Dylan's kids. Well. It, Jesse Dillon, mm. who I actually researched, and he did two other movies, and that was it. And I liked both of them, but they're not considered good movies. American Wedding and Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell. And I enjoyed both of those because they're just, you know, garbage fluff, but I kind of like, I use movies that way a lot. Uh, background garbage is some of my favorite stuff. <laughs> But I genuinely like those movies. Then he went on after that to like uh, found, he's like, he's super into public health 
and <laughs> social justice. And that's what he does now. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kicking and Screaming was his last movie, and then he's just been like doing cool shit. I mean, this, like we said, this wasn't a flop. This did like pretty well. Um, let's uh, get on to uh, Red Man's character because he's kind of like a bit of a contrast to uh, Method Man's character. Because um, what's his character called? Uh, Jamal. Yes. Jamal King. Nearly called him Reggie. That's his actual name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His character is like kind of like um, pushed around by his mom. Same mom that Ice Cube has in Friday. Oh yeah. What a career! You get to play two rappers' moms. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if there's, there's worse things you could be doing. Yeah. He. Um, yeah, he's just like a complete contrast. He's, you know, he's kind of like the. Uh, like the beavers of the two. Yeah, yeah, I but guess. That, that, he's the he's the slacker. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like his persona in like the Method Man and Red Man dynamic though as well, isn't he? He's like Red Man, he's always like, yeah, grimy and gritty and nasty and like They're like the the little yappy dog that runs around the big pit bull. Oh yeah, definitely. Has a very chaotic energy to him, doesn't he? Yeah. That's definitely like a vibe, and um, they like released like um, what's it called? An album to basically like in conjunction with this together. I'm trying to find that now. Is that the soundtrack or is it something else? It is it not was... the soundtrack. Oh, cool. Not Blackout. Yeah. Blackout yeah. is one of my favorite albums of all time. Red Man is one of my favorite rappers of all time but blackout i think is like top shelf uh duo like collaboration in hip-hop blackout so, too wasn't yeah. great <laughs> blackout's kind of like the just reading off of wikipedia to say it's a precursor because it came out 99 and then like two years later how high so i guess this just kind of capitalized off there like a I think they were just on a tear of being like best friends. You know, I think they were hanging out and they did an album and they're like, we love hanging out with each other. Let's make a movie. <laughs> and then they got a TV show. Did they? Yeah. What was that? I think it was on Fox. Like, let me look up Red and Meth TV show. It's like, I don't like Method and Red 2004. Lasted one okay. season. I don't quite yeah. like uh, rate it as much as like uh, how high, even though it's the same kind of humor. It just like one, they're like playing themselves, so they're like big, wealthy, rich rappers, yeah. and right. be the whole like um, Fresh Prince thing of like moving into like uh, the suburbs and ruffling feathers. Okay, but um, I mean it's like the same type of humor and dynamics, but I think it works really well in this. I mean, that's the thing, if you've got to spread it out over like a whole season of a TV show, it's still not gonna like be as tight. Yeah. It's also sort of the, like, that's the sort of the idea of how high is, is them ruffling the feathers of the, the white man, and white the man. authority. <laughs> yeah. Huh? 
and just going to like uh, going to these old crusty institutions and uh, getting everyone super stoned. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, talk about like uh, that a bit later. So I got like some theories about like uh, what goes on here. Um, got written down here. Like I don't know what religion ivory is supposed to be. <laughs> All that stuff about like the mark of Buddha. <laughs> it's just kind of, like stereotypical New Age shit. Yeah, because he's it's... also got like a picture of Halle Selassie in his house, which implies there's also like a Rastafarian. <laughs> and this is like the second film where like uh, they just like mention Buddha, then like some weird like magic doings happen because yeah. um, that's also the case in Pineapple Express. Uh, the guy is like going on about Buddha and stuff, and then all of a sudden he's immortal. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Danny McBride's character. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the crux of the film is uh, Ivory, he is like a loyal as hell to Silas, Method Man's character. And, you know, he almost probably would have been like the uh, sidekick if he was played by someone else, by Red Man, but he's yeah. not. So. He actually has a ridiculous over-the-top death because he falls asleep. Which but he predicts because he, he's magic. He predicts his own death because he's magic. <laughs> and that death is brutal. In any other, like, in a horror movie, people walk away being like, yo, that death scene is one of the craziest death scenes in a horror movie ever. In how high? It's hysterical. Yeah, the way they show it as well, they show him, like... On fire, on in bits, bits of just like burnt, exposed skin. Like he's a little like Freddy Krueger dude. And then he lives. He survives it, and then yeah. gets hit by the truck. It's amazing. That is just some like, and then he's cremated. I assume like quite easily. <laughs> After the job. Half the job's done. This <laughs> and he gets like, I assume what we can only assume are his last wishes. He gets like his uh, put into the soil of a plant, and then through. They sort of just jumped to that too. He died, and then yeah. they're like, "Now we're using his ashes to grow weed." <laughs> I assume it's his last wishes. Like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, sort of thing he'd want, and it works. It does. Gangbusters. Because he's magic. Do you know more about like making weed than Silas does? No, because Silas no. is also magic. <laughs> I love this about this movie, by he the way. He can cure blue balls with his weed. He's not he even... everything. <laughs> but it seemed like he actually went through like the trial and error to, to learn that stuff, which is really respectable. Hmm. And I impressive. Know like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, they got, like, nowadays it's even easier because you can just, like, look stuff up, stuff up online. Yeah. Yeah, I know people, like, they just, like, look stuff up online and they can do, like, pretty much great stuff with chemicals and, like, uh, growing and stuff like that. The problem is, because they're online all the time, they've also got other stuff in their heads. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Let's move on to the uh, the meeting of the two outside of the THC exam. It's kind of like similar to... Um, it's kind of like a rom-com meet-cute, isn't it? It is like that. It's also kind of like when Cheech and Chong first meet in the, their first film. Just like 
Oh yeah. They okay. got the weed. One has something, the other one doesn't. Yeah. Well, that's the thing of like that's the whole basis of their yeah. friendship. One's got like a blunt, the other one's got weed. <laughs> it's a good and, dynamic. Then the, the smoke up the the ivory, and he appears as a ghost, which. I, like I, I mentioned the stuff about magic and spirituality and stuff, and that could have hinted and be used as an explanation. The explanation is, this is what happens when you smoke your boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyone does it, that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, very specific way of smoking a boy. Yeah. Yeah, we learn later that you can't just roll up Body parts. <laughs> no no presidents. It's because weed, because weed is magic. Yeah. <laughs> magic. I do like like that, like just the way this occupies not just like the film, but also like it's kind of like structure, like all of history in this like world revolves around it, all of religion, all of philosophy, all of medicine. Like he is quite quite literally a shaman. Just because he smokes weed. <laughs> and, you know, you just, the way you, the audience is supposed to react is the same way Redman does. Like he's just bumping into people outside, he gets told, no, it's just a ghost. And he's like, oh, okay then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he tries to put his fist through the car. It's like, yeah, oh, it's shit. Like... But no, no, he responds to that. <laughs> his, by going, no, that makes sense. His, I wish you'd told me sooner. Yes, his reaction, <laughs> he's more upset that he hadn't been told sooner and that he hadn't embarrassed himself. <laughs> hmm. So anyway, they crushed also, the test. Hmm? Uh, just, I also think, sort of from that point on, the movie was, like, funny, but, like, mm -hmm. I feel like it, it snowballs. Like, like, I feel like everybody got more comfortable and, like, started to just sort of, like, let loose. It just, the, the whole movie got exponentially better, I think, from then on. It gets from a funnier comedic funnier. standpoint. It also gets funnier and funnier as it goes on, which is a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, super hard. This is a stupid film. But 100%. it doesn't, and it embraces that. It doesn't, like... Like, it touches at deeper things, but doesn't, like, try and, like, force in, like... It's not trying to be something. Emotional beats and, like, to try... It just, like, goes full on. It is just, like, a snowball that just doesn't stop. It just carries on the way. Yeah, it has respect for its audience. It's not trying to, like, pretend that it's better than it is. So it just leans in, and it, it's better because of it, because of that. And um, so we've got like a, they get the choice, they pass because they I connect right into all knowledge that ever existed in the afterlife. They pass their THCs. That's what they do, they just use that to pass the test. So <laughs> they, get, they get high and pass their THCs. <laughs> I mean like, they literally are shamans because they have like a, they have a spiritual medium to like all of the all of their ancestors. That's true. 
all of the knowledge of the universe can let us That's dance. like literally what a shaman does. A shaman yeah. does drugs, connects to like the veil or heaven or whatever, and speaks and sends the voices through. But you know, rather than like forming like a new religion or something creepy, they just pass the test, get the choice of any university, college, whatever they can. They could have gone to, was it the Reparations Technical Institute? Yeah. <laughs> Go be black, here's white. That could have been like... That, that would have been cool. That would have been an entirely different movie, yeah. um, but pretty cool. There's a military recruiter played by the guy who voices Rip Riley and Archer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that... I can't remember his name. I'm going to have to look him? that up now. I'm like 99% sure it's him. Are you sure some because that's like a very I'm like specific dude with a specific look. That guy's in Seinfeld and stuff, isn't he? Uh, Patrick Warburton. Yeah, yeah, I'm fairly oh, sure. Is okay, cool. Is he accredited? I'm gonna look it up now. Okay, cool. Um also Fred Willard, second uh Stoner movie so far with Fred Willard and <laughs> like great Fred Willard. And he's just like one of those other like things that just like glues the movie together, really. I mean, he's the uh, is, is he like the the head? He's the what chancellor. Is... The chancellor. Yeah, because when he's talking to like Dean Kane. Okay. Yeah. He's like mentions all the trustees and stuff are on his ass, like to get like some like diversity into the place, and I think like Wait. that is a bit of a. Who's the dean's? Was the Dean's name really Dean Kane? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I miss that. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, Silas and Jamal. Oh, I was wrong. Oh. Oh, I'm so disappointed. It sounded exactly like him to the point where I wrote it down immediately. Ooh. I was, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's actually Pat Finn, who is... Whilst he is. Not nothing of note by the looks of it. In fact, he's not even credited on his own Wikipedia as being an ally. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. Damn. I know, I'm, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I failed you. You can cut that out if you need to. I won't. Okay. So anyway, like a minor, like, um, minor bit of social commentary in this is the two have perfect scores. How they got them, no one's business. And they still only get into Harvard as part of a diversity quota. As far yeah, as that's... every college knows, these are like once-in-a-lifetime geniuses. And they say, no, it's got to be like a diversity thing. <laughs> Systemic racism. Hmm. <laughs> and even then, Dean Cain didn't want them in. Yeah. They got perfect grades and says, Yeah. I saw those guys. Their pictures looked like mugshots. The photos very clearly aren't mugshots, but they're they could definitely have not. They were like giving <laughs> the finger and stuff. <laughs> it looked like it was just, like memories from a rap shoot. Yeah. Yeah. That's just as bad. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like, that's the whole, like, dynamic of Dean Kane, black man, self-hating, 
very definitely much appears to be the thing kind of that um stereotype that Kim Peel did the bit on about black republicans with white wives yeah yeah that's the, that thing and uh, speaking of though the dean's wife is one of the funniest people in the movie i think like just subtly she is really her timing and everything i loved her everything about her she yeah. was hysterical Definitely. When they're eating the brownies and stuff, her whole thing right there is amazing. <laughs> One of the peaks, I think, as far as the movie is. I was on the floor. She does like the thriller dance, uh, like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like the movie's just full of like those like goofy moments and uh, so good. I like that. Um, obviously, like um, the. Love interest, the first love interest for Silas is uh, played by uh, Thingy from Saved by the Bell. Lisa Turtle. Lisa, Lisa Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Who has an aggressively racist boyfriend in the. Dick Buckus. <laughs> yes, Dick Buckus. <laughs> I can't remember his actual name now, but it's probably my Bart. Dick Buckus. Bart. Bart Fart. That's Redman Colton. <laughs> <laughs> like just the way that all the racist characters speak from like don't you have a, a hip-hop convention to go to psychotically like, <laughs> like in their space <laughs> oh, no. yeah the, the way they talk is just bizarre like they, at one point like they they seem like they're going to kiss and then her boyfriend walks in yeah. and you, you were going to frick her Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's just like this whole like uh, I'm gonna get into my point now. This is like a point in history. Like right at the crest of when hip hop was like just becoming the dominant culture force. And there's like a lot of like hostility towards it. There's like the height of like moral panic. Like people mm -hmm. like complain about new hip-hop now, but they didn't complain about it the way they did back then. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, like, they managed to, like, subtly, like, uh, divert all of the negative connotations of, like, because, ah, well, like, the most popular one is white, so actually I'm not racist. <laughs> <laughs> and he says some bigoted things himself, so actually I'm a, I'm a hero for, like, not wanting these uh, ruffians around my college. <laughs> That's what it was, and this whole like um, idea that the real problem with race in America is not. I'm speaking as an English guy, but like they, these films and these works and stuff come out of time. The problem isn't that like you know one group of people owned another or like class and stuff. The problem is white people. They need to relax. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. <laughs> if they just like uh, smoked a little weed, listened to some hip hop, if we had a black <laughs> president, that would all fix everything. Everyone would just be chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like I mean, the it's... culture is subconsciously pointing towards Obama, this film. Yeah. It's part of that, I feel. I think that kind of, I don't think you're wrong. It's, no. It's... I mean, that's that's why Dean Kane, they like joke and make sure I'm out to like not be like a uh, black anymore, because he, he's uptight. So 
the now like we know that like um back when this movie was made we didn't realize that black people could get, get anxiety now we know they get like probably the most anxiety so <laughs> No, this uh, this movie was ahead of its time, a and lines up really well. Like I feel like with with politics today, or at least the yeah. right side of history, you know. Oh no, definitely, it's it's a good. It doesn't movie seem that dated. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, the, the, there are bits that do date it, and like that's mostly like the casual misogyny. Like running yeah, through it, but like yeah. everything of that era. Yeah, so it's, it's that not... like fratty hip hop, like a uh, type of humor. I mean, that's probably why it got like it's like a uh, bad uh, reviews. It's because yeah. it just like if you grew up with like hip hop, like a lot of us did, then you kind of like no, that that's like the humor from like this period to yeah. this period. And you just kind of like you know, I can just skip this sketch and get to the like uh, the music. Yeah. I just want to like talk about like I wrote down in my notes every, nearly every single reference that Redman does to a uh, Dean Kane when he's roasting him. <laughs> oh, just like I don't have the full things. Just like it says, the Germany cricket green coat happen, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> like uh, comparison to Colin Powell, <laughs> Richard Pryor. Angela Davis mustache having motherfucker. <laughs> like what's it? Richard Pryor, he says like fade hanging around the sides. Compared <laughs> to Sammy Davis Jr. Oof. Just randomly says the phrase dynamite disco daddy devastating. <laughs> Don Cornelius. It's like these are the <laughs> references. Like this is the stuff he compares it. <laughs> Just like I don't think you'd like find like a list like that anywhere. <laughs> also, I think the dialogue helped. Uh, I think a lot of it came from Meth and Red because they they do. There's lines in it that come straight from some of their albums, some of their yeah. songs, uh, either paraphrasing or straight up quoting. Uh, there's a lot of rep, and so. And they're both great lyricists, so I think the dialogue actually helped. That helped them. Yeah, it's just the a lot of fun with words, like the pimp character, like he has a lot of fun with words as well. Uh, Mike yeah. Apps, yeah. Yeah. He's great. Also like Friday too. And the ones yep. yeah. You wanna talk about the uh let's talk about like the little like squad of like periphery characters that have. They got like um Jeffrey. Just like the uh, practically like just like a target of bullying <laughs> for them. He's <laughs> just some forced to like go along with their schemes. Which one's Jeffrey? Is that the the, the kind of chubby white kid? Yeah, the kind of chubby okay. white kid. Yeah, yeah he's a uh, rat. He, he they they torture him and he's just fine with it. He's <laughs> going through worse. That's the thing. He's a doormat. Like he's yeah. trying to join like um all these like a. Uh, elite Harvard clubs and stuff and to be honest like to social climb just like pour shit on someone else at the end yeah. of it that's his goal so I don't feel too like a uh, bad for him like he's kind of like very materialistic person and I looked up like they actually mentioned Harvard, real Harvard clubs 
and one of them is the Fly Club, which uh, Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, was a, <laughs> a member of. So you have to realize yeah, he's tracks. getting he's getting rolled over like by people like Jared Kushner and oh, yeah. people, like, those types <laughs> of people. Like so I don't know, I don't feel sorry for him. One of the <laughs> other groups is the Fox Club, which uh, explicitly bans women from entering. Is it? <laughs> Huh. So it's not like a rat, it's just like a club and like women are not allowed. So now I don't feel sorry for them. No, yeah. <laughs> Who else have you got? You got your uh There was some fun Oh, go ahead. The security guard. Well, the volunteer security guard is TJ Tyne from Bones. Yeah. He's a he, he's a, a pretty important character. In, in the overall plot. He is. Um, he was pretty fun. I also liked his interaction with the, uh, he, there was the pre, uh, pre-words hat, Judah Friedlander. Yes. He's that was fun to see. There's no words on the hat. The <laughs> this hat is like right before he learned about words on hats. <laughs> he'd, he'd gotten the hats down. Uh, but yeah, also, I just wanted to, Judah Friedlander is an incredible stand-up comic. I've seen him here, and just, like, like he's funny on 30 Rock and stuff, but, like, his stand-up is awesome. I've seen some of it. It's pretty good. Yeah. He had a special on Netflix or something for a bit. That's right, yeah. It was the, uh, America's the best country in the U.S. thing. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who else he's got like um this is like um bit of like a, an artifact of the era the um asian related humor for uh, tuan <laughs> he uh this is like every single hip-hop related thing had to have like some kind of like asian stereotypes dunking in dmx movie every single dmx movie his character is intensely hostile to all east asian people so I would have I would have expected better from Wu Tang, but like uh, apparently not. But, <laughs> uh, also, like Tuan, he's like the um, he's implied to be like well, he's stated to be quite young. He's like a child prodigy or something. He's got a magazine saying he's the youngest Harvard freshman. That's not true. I think the youngest is actually around <laughs> something, so I don't <laughs> think he's younger than that. And he's like uh, he's young. He's like a person of color, and he likes like most like accepting of the uh yeah i mean he he does say the n-word but like (laughs) positively yeah but he gets stomped pretty quick for that (laughs) he he lets jeffrey say it he lets jeffrey (laughs) fight to them (laughs) (laughs) there's a deleted scene where actually um because they don't properly like examine how jeffrey's supposed to come around in them there is a deleted scene where uh, Juan like says the N word in front of them, and then Jeffrey gives him a smack. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish that could have been like, kept yeah, that's pretty good. Like, kind of, like yeah. Mel's characters, but it's not in there. Also, you got you got Amir, Funky Fresh, just I need money. <laughs> there was that money. dude. Just like <laughs> I like to Tracy Morgan showed up in it. He shows up twice. It's different. Yeah. Actors. <laughs> In the first half of the film, it's I very strange. I not that at all. He's the pork chops a chunky guy. Oh, yeah. no way! <laughs> and he's in the field of dreams, but 
Yeah. <laughs> or he's just like... So he's the guy on TV both times then? Yes. Okay, cool. He's also the guy on TV in um, Half-Baked. He's in Half-Baked, the guy on TV, as a character oh. that, if you squint, is Method Man. He's also, well, Tracy Morgan's in a, a TV character in Head of State, too, the Chris Rock president movie. <laughs> yeah. When he's, like, selling meat all the time. He's like, I got meat. <laughs> he's just selling meat. <laughs> I think, like, maybe, like, just, like, people just, like, found him hilarious at the time. Like, it's just, like, before he, like, blew up and just, like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. A lot of stuff in that era, because yeah. he's in that other um, Ice Cube movie, the family movie, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Bobblehead. What's the name of that film? Yeah. yeah. Oh, another dated thing. They got like a PlayStation One running in the background for no reason during this scene. No one's playing it. Anyway, like um, all of the behavior of like Silas and Jamal is. You could say, oh no, they're like ruffians, but like they're basically guaranteed a consequence-free stay. Mm. at university and if you see how people act in college when they have consequences <laughs> myself included is already kind of fucked up <laughs> so when you're told like no you will pass no matter what you do you can't get kicked out to be treated as a genius then um you yeah. know you can't kind of like I mean, see their behavior there is some threat of consequences though, at various points through the movie. What, they're going to get a, a ticket from like a Gerald? Who... They nearly get kicked out, don't they? Yeah, but that's because... They get put on probation. Yeah, that's because yeah. their pass gets taken away. <laughs> right. As long as they have that planned, there's no consequences. That's true. When yeah. they get taken away, that's when the, all the bad stuff happens. They do get a cool study montage though. So Yeah, that's like... That's after the, like, the loose plant. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to talk about like uh, the classes, like the, te uh, the teachers, because it's kind of like weird because this, I don't know what Harvard is actually like or was like back in 99, but this is like the conservative nightmare idea of college. That's just the big culture war threat. Yeah? Yeah. What do you mean? Because every, like, uh, professor is just, like, super liberal. Like, they got, like, the black history. Oh, yeah. Who is, like, literally, like... He's telling, an old white guy. He's an old white guy, but he's, like, literally, like, just, like, ranting. Like, I mean, this, like... That dude was down. He that was down. That dude was down. down for the cause. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Trump was. literally tried to make, like, uh, teaching a class like that illegal. <laughs> Didn't he call like the two other black guys in his class a pair of Uncle Tom's? Well, they were. Yeah. <laughs> walking out on him for being white. He's like saying, He was so angry <laughs> that they weren't angry at him. It was great. <laughs> He's a white hotep. He was. <laughs> and they got like the super, like a. Uh, you only see it for a bit, the women's studies class. Like, oh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> that's like a definite, like, also, like, one, like. That's a dream sequence of a women's a dream studies sequence. class. Yeah. You don't, uh, <laughs> well, like, the, even like the way that she's supposed to be, like, they speak before she's awake. It's yeah. just, like, very, like, angry, live identity stuff, which is, uh, 
obviously you know just to set up a joke later yeah, yeah. <laughs> those just seem like but also there's another like dynamic to the teachers in this the uh he teacher this yeah guy. but yeah all the teachers a lot of them just love silas they love yeah they're actually like in the study montage just like seeing like speaking like frankly like helping him out and, yeah yeah <laughs> and the reason the teachers like him is because they're kind of portrayed as a weird like snob slobs versus snobs type of dynamic like they're portrayed as basically like victimized actively by the wealthy families of their students yeah yeah which i guess is kind of not that far from the reality yeah which is why i think that's a very yeah i think that happened then and now and i think it's a, a very common yeah and serious issue yeah it's uh, it hits on a lot of notes that are still like serious problems today well, in like the Dean, funniest way i've ever dean kane's like yeah. the odd one out because he loves all of the pageantry and like the ancient old money like that all of the uh, people bring in he's like loves all of that he yeah, yeah, and all the other teachers to it. actually despise yeah like the uh, the crew teacher he like mentions that he hates going to their like a uh, parties and seeing <laughs> their families with their lousy perfume and their lousy toupee <laughs> He's a great character. <laughs> yeah. No, he's really cool. Um, the coach is great. I also, I really think, I really like the idea that if you just insult the team, you can make the team. Yeah. Like, yeah, Redman just makes the crew like, because he just hilariously <laughs> insults Bart. <laughs> and if that was the case, if that's how you could get onto sports teams, I'd probably be a sports fan today. <laughs> like that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could. But like, just go and, and bag on the entire team until the coach is like, "You're right, they're all terrible. Come on board." <laughs> I think the fact that they're t I don't get why, like, because usually if you're gonna have like a sport and a thing, usually it'd be fighting the other team. But they're like hostile within the thing, so he's just joining a team <laughs> just for these people he hates. Getting up at six a.m cutting his evening short mm -hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> also it seems to be kind of implied that like the the rich crappy guy um is kind of bought his way onto the team which actually happened a couple of years ago he bought his way in. <laughs> yeah he's also kind of like implied of like bought his girlfriend like yeah. even though she's like smart and brilliant and stuff like she's basically like in a relationship convenience based on his connections like she says that she wouldn't be there if it wasn't for bart who knew all of her mm. right. um i sort of like i got a bit down like uh you know the uh weird like a uh, smart girl's gone bad bit bitches <laughs> <laughs> extremely like cringe very so, questionable with the yeah that th those two characters are are, are pretty problematic throughout they I are, mean, i'm a big fan of them because they're living their yeah, best lives but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're called the intellect bitches nice and, <laughs> and yet they make nothing but dumb decisions yeah. <laughs> I mean, as long as they're happy you know Shall we talk about uh, like uh, 
Jamal's love interest, the, pre uh, the vice president's daughter. That's pretty, that's pretty fun. Uh, dude, the vice president is Jeffrey Jones, mm. the, the uh, principal from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next year was busted for child pornography. Yeah. He continued to work after that. He's still Jeez. like he was in Deadwood after that. Um, <laughs> and and then just the movie, the Deadwood movie two years ago. So, you know, I don't know what happened, but I at least I, I have I feel good that how I didn't hire him, you know, after they found out. <laughs> Some people, like, you just, like, look at their thing, you're like, well, surely that should have stopped. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that he's basically, like, he's supposed to be the vice president, but the character is basically, like, a Bill Clinton type. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know, like, exactly what kind of, like, threat, like, the vice president's daughter, like, relationship is supposed to, like, a... Uh, I mean, when you consider who the current president's son is now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, we do have... Our um, beautiful boy, Hunter. Yeah, your boy. Um, yeah, Got caught yes. smoking crack in a strip club. I mean, it's a safe place to smoke crack. Hmm? It's a safe place to smoke crack. Yeah. I, I can find in... Um, recent presidential history, one example of the vice president's daughter hooking up with a deadbeat and becoming a total liability for the campaign, Sarah Palin. <laughs> Her daughter knocked up by Levi Johnston, who's just yep. um, <laughs> Alaskan roughneck. <laughs> like he looked in his MySpace profile and he said, "You mess with me, I'll kick your ass." Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's up with that family now. I think all they literally—I mean, no, she was on like the Sarah Palin's on the Masked Singer. But oh, that's the right. Is the daughter still preaching abstinence-only stuff? Because that's when she got and pregnant, she, and right? she keeps getting pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> it just proves that abstinence works. That just like. And that she's not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she was. 100% success rate, 99% fail rate as a teaching method. So I, I kind of, I really like the, uh, the soundtrack. The yes. Soundtrack. It's a banger after banger throughout the whole thing. Definitely. And Cypress Hill were actually in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the O to stay in the nights of the film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the one, the one, only one problem I had uh, as far as character uh, went with Cyprus was they were totally, they seemed totally fine with I Need Money DJing for them mm. using dinner plates. Like, that's, I don't know. It's I like feel like Cyprus like would have been once. What? <laughs> if, if the Simpsons have led me to believe they stole an orchestra once, they did first easy going. I guess so. You're right. You know what? That, that's true. Like they dealt with it, but I feel I also feel like Be Real might, as, as cool and laid back as he seems, might be a little 
you know, like we need at least a, a sound system that works. <laughs> the plate thing was just, that's, that's tough to get around as, as a DJ. <laughs> but I love Cypress Hill. Uh, and they were amazing uh, showing up in that. And I'm not sure why DJ Muggs wasn't there. Uh, I could look that up, but it's probably above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is on the soundtrack? Obviously you've got that one scene with Ramstein being played. Yeah, so. it's not on the yeah. original soundtrack, but that was like a dope moment when he's just doing Onyx. Stuff. Onyx. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else? Like, uh, The Rock Wilder by Menrath, which is one of my favorite songs ever uh it's just killer the the onyx right into romstein was one of my favorite parts <laughs> no hmm? i'm just thinking about the bike scene oh the bike scene where they're playing bicycle by queen <laughs> that is possibly one of the funniest scenes in the movie in my opinion i, I think so it just gets more well, and, yeah. and tj <laughs> just at the whole time just escalating escalating <laughs> <laughs> Love that bike. <laughs> My theory is that Gerald, uh, this movie is a sequel to the series Bones. He knows that he steals Silas the plant and just becomes a complete degenerate like a weed head. I think that leads him to his conspiracy theorist character in Bones. That makes sense, you know. Huh. Yeah. Good point with that. Speaking of sequels, did you see the sequel? No, to I, how high i will watch it that You've i watched it or yeah well i watched half of it oh oh dear <laughs> that good <laughs> um the, just the one thing i'll say is lil yachty is no method man well i mean yeah that's the thing like Method like, but and so I, I, I went. I didn't know who Lil Yachty was. I had never heard his music. I, I, I started watching it. I was like, maybe this guy's just got crazy fun music, and that's why they hired him. Like Red Man and Method Man have crazy fun music, and maybe that's why you know they thought it'd translate over. And I listened to like three Yachty <laughs> songs, and it's the most boring hip hop I've ever heard. That's what raps like. That rap is all that like Eddie Peppertone bit. Where he's like, I'll put a cap in your ass until I get my Xanax and need my medication to like even out. That's what people genuinely rap about now. Yeah, he's just, and it's, but it was real like <laughs> slow and monotone. He was just like, I'm gonna wear some ice on my neck. Watch out. I'm hip hop. Yeah. And that was it for like three songs across the board. And I was like, no, I can't get into it. And but then I continued to watch the movie, and it doesn't get much better. <laughs> well, I'll watch it anyway. Yeah, you should. I'm going to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, this is like, a lot of this just, stuff is just like sketches and like little bits. They do like fucking mass murder on a bunch of pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> There's a massively murder a bunch of pigeons. They, um... Um, subtle funny moment I love is like uh, when he does the uh, the philosophy smoke. I go on and on about the philosopher smoker in this in this whole podcast, mm -hmm. and it's like love uh, the way he like 
he's just lighting up and he's like spitting some knowledge. He's like, man, rich people buying more weapons in the military, they can deploy fools. And then he just like flips into diatribe against leprechauns and unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> Every philosopher smoke is like that. <laughs> so, um, we've gotten to the point, his uh, plant gets um, at the party, um, Gerald, TJ, he like uh, <laughs> steals a plant, <clears throat> the way he tries to smoke it, it's like, like baby <laughs> when he tries to smuggle it out of the room, which is incredible. Oh my god. Very much clearly not a baby. He didn't even go too much about like, I think we were just like skimming over it. Oh no, this movie is great and it's skimming over every problematic thing. Yeah. Oh no, like those hoes, well, well, you could call them hoes, I prefer to call those women by their names. How about blast? <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, I've already commented on the fact that the misogyny is like a fairly constant thing throughout this movie, but also it's still funny, and I don't give a fuck. It's just like, you watch any movie, any fucking college really comedy, yeah. it's gonna have some of this shit in it. I so, mean, that does, the, the intellect bitches, they, that's the characters' names, I'm... <laughs> Acknowledging their agency, I'm like, uh, they human traffic themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they sneak into the back of a pimp's car and they hum deliberately human traffic themselves. That's a weird thing. Yeah, I mean. And really dig being abused. Look, yeah. I've made some questionable decisions in the name of Gangway. <laughs> I'm not going to judge them. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I, I genuinely, like, I know, I know it's problematic, but I do like their characters. Um, <laughs> I enjoy them as a person who makes bad decisions myself. <laughs> so, um, they lose the plant, they, like, they try and study it, they fail despite doing the most best effort, all straight Fs. Why? Because it's funny. F is for funny. F is for funny. There's no like logical reason why they shouldn't have like passed. Like Silas's character is portrayed as pretty smart. Yeah. And yeah. generally like absorbing like the culture of Harvard and like Yeah, I mean he knows what he's talking about yeah. when he's in class. You see that a few times. Yes. Even without like uh Ivory talking yeah. to him, he knows. Yeah. In his botany class, he's actually really good, like freaky kind Look, of good. But moral is if you study, pay attention, develop like close like uh, student relationships with your teachers, you will fail. <laughs> Redman, on his own volition, makes a fashion line that is popular throughout the whole school. He's like a Zuckerberg, basically, but mm. fashion. <laughs> He's got the PE teacher doing the all LL Cool J, like a ghetto leg, yeah, yeah. swagger leg thing tucked up. Boofu, buy us, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't write in something of like Dean Kane like directly interfering, but no, it's it's funny. Yeah. So he gets to say, I fail women's studies, I love bitches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, no choice but to defile a president's corpse. Yeah, yeah, they they dig up what John Quincy Adams? Could they not think of a better president? 
John Quincy Adams. <laughs> John Quincy. I, I like. He John might be Quincy the only Adams. one buried there. In yeah. Harvard. Not like he's they have a cemetery he's in Harvard. Like, my list. He was like, he wasn't like great as a president, but the thing is, like later in his life in Congress, he like was driven by his sheer hatred of Andrew Jackson to like stand up for like uh, slave rights and like the rights of indigenous people. And he did this right up the exact moment of his death and he like opposed like the expansionist wars which he felt would have um, in expanded the slaveholding states into Mexico. And he was like vehemently like against this up to his like last dying breath. Though I do think that uh, Harvard should dig up his body anyway and like you know smoke it or whatever because just as an fu to yale and their skull and bone society where they stole like the skull of geronimo so, <laughs> genuinely genuinely watching that john quincy adams scene had to like put uh, i had to pause the movie and walk away for a couple of minutes because it's so fun <laughs> but also so disgusting so like, I was legitimately horrified. Yeah. <laughs> they put the, the body horror. And There's I'm a, like, a really strong amount of body horror in this movie for a stone <laughs> comedy. Yeah. Like almost as much as in Idle Hands. Uh, no joke. Maybe more. <laughs> I managed to watch Idle Hands all the way through without stopping it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And um, it's weird, like, at, oh, Jeffrey Antoine, at no point is their academic future, like, apparently threatened at all. Like, even though they, like, start smoking weed, they, like, getting laid, like, Antoine, like, uh, he takes over all of, like, uh, baby powders, like, uh, Yeah, he becomes a, a pimp. <laughs> yeah. He becomes a pimp. They, they love his two inches of hard dick. Mm-hmm. Which I think the fact he's like he's an Asian guy with a small dick, but he's good at sex. I don't think I don't think that evens out. I mean, look, here's what I think. I think saying he's got a small dick because he's Asian is bad, but saying just because you got like a small dick doesn't mean that you can't like please someone. I think that's good. So it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to say. I agree. <laughs> I don't think they bother. They're too. It's interesting the way they do it because he's obviously like quite anxious yeah. and insecure about his. Well, he's underage. <laughs> Shit, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Maybe yeah, they're talking so. about how he's not. I not that, that he's Asian, just that he's hasn't hit puberty yet. He doesn't seem to be like uh, an actual genius, though. Nothing implies. <laughs> no, no, he, he doesn't seem like particularly smart at any point but i guess but sort of no one in the entire universe of that movie seems particularly smart oh, that's true no just the botany professor yeah yeah so he might <laughs> just be extremely cool just yeah the cool old guy yeah <laughs> all these people are just waiting for like something in their lives to like relieve them of their like anxieties of like uh I guess, like, of literally being white. <laughs> 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 weird concept of transitive blackness, which 
happens a lot in stoner movies, doesn't it? Happens a lot in stoner films around this time. Happens a lot in um, general, like comedy things. Yeah. It's like this weird thing when they thought, like they thought hip hop was going to take over. Oh, shit, did. They also thought this would somehow like reverse the fortunes of all. Mm. And I think they're trying to prepare for that, but yeah, <laughs> it's a very weird thing. You can t- you can also be cool if you have a black friend. Yes, but also if you can't find one, you can just smoke weed instead. Yeah, and that's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, like like Jeffrey becomes cooler. Like at the end, somehow, like even Jeffrey's like wearing his bufu near the end. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I assume they're still holding on great because like the whole like big party thing at the end, um, which they uh, Silas and Jamal are explicitly not invited for mm-hmm. because they like don't have good grades. Yeah. And are being kicked out of the school. Mm-hmm. So I guess if uh, Tuan and Jeffrey are there, then that implies they've got a good grade. Yeah, yeah. Though also they're like coming under the VP's daughter, so it <laughs> <laughs> just kind of gives them a pass to do whatever the hell they like. Yeah. I like that um, he's told to, like, Silas is told to make something that benefit mankind. And he comes up with a truth serum, which I think would only be used for evil. I guess, yeah, it could go either way, but generally speaking. Well, I'm trying to think of uh, in, in pop, when has truth serum been used by a villain? Um, villains kind of thrive on lies, so I feel like truth serum is almost inherently good. Wonder Woman is the only one I know that uses it. Well, I mean, yeah, in sure. real life, like it would be used for like interrogations. Sure, to get the truth. That seems good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sure. Also, it seems yeah, less violent. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm sure it would also be used for like evil somehow. Like, I, <laughs> I, maybe I'm just a bad person. I don't know. just trying to figure it out. I think there'd be like more uses for the thing that makes you vomit. Like the side effect is <laughs> it makes you vomit. I think there'd be more positive uses for that. Like. <laughs> Syrup of epicac and like <laughs> a laxative, like cleans clean you out. Like <laughs> I like that um, Silas is like smart enough not ju- not just to like make this like true serum, but also to figure out like Ben Franklin's <laughs> artifact. That's the whole thing that uh, Lisa Turtles got Ben Franklin's artifact. It's a bong. It's a bong. <laughs> it's a bong. He, it's confirmed. <laughs> perfect president to like do that with Ben Franklin. He's like, he wasn't a president. He wasn't a president, but perfect founding father. Yeah. To uh, do that with because. He's because he wasn't a president. <laughs> yeah, but he loved drugs. Yeah, he that's why he didn't stuff. become president. <laughs> I don't think they. Did they pee test you back in 76? Like, <laughs> I don't know. They were still having issues with it, you know, just recently with uh, I didn't inhale. Yeah. I'm pretty, denying it. I'm pretty sure they, like, all founding fathers all grew their own hemp fields back then. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it just ends with like this party, like uh, everyone's high. And thus they all appreciate hip hop now, <laughs> despite their age and like a class background. No, like just waiting. They're too uptight. They're just waiting for that, like this, some that reason to let go. Sorry, I'm just Franklin was vegetarian, so he, uh, he was like weird because he's like a hedonist but he's also had a very like regimented life he kept like intense like diaries of like everything he did he's like i think he's like a calvinist he's like the person like wrote the books that like codified protestant like work ethic and stuff by the sounds of it he was like friends with a bunch of quakers oh, that's in cool. pennsylvania um i'm not sure exactly he, yeah, he was the cool history. founding father that's why like, <laughs> that's yeah. why i'm gonna smoke weed he would <laughs> He would have hung out with uh, Red Man and Method Man if he was alive today. Uh, I think this takes us to the end of the film. Like, uh, you got any like plot specific stuff you want to bring up? No, I think we covered most of it. I just, I was honestly really impressed with how genuinely funny this was. Because honestly, the first 10 minutes, it felt like like sort of a crummy sitcom mm. like maybe not even the first maybe five minutes or something and then it just started to kick and then it just kept going and got better and better and it has become probably one of my favorite stoner movies now i say so like it is a really good film it's genuinely enjoyable and just a yeah. mix of like being funny with and like not being ashamed of itself. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's genuine in its way, I guess. And it just like likes to do like wacky things. Like, mm. like I was going on about this, like Cheech and Chong, they're talking about that. Like, you just got to go bigger and bigger and bigger to be funny. So like, why smoke a small joint where you can have one the size of your forearm? <laughs> the Liberty Bong, like one of the best bongs I've seen in one of these films so yeah. far. I always <laughs> models of the bongs. Um, does it go in the Criterion Collection? We have to go the Get Hyterion Collection. I always make that mistake because yeah. this is my criteria for the Get Hyterion, which is one: is it a stoner film? I think yeah. it, it very much is. Hundred percent. There's it. no. Yeah. I have three rules for stoner film. Like yeah. it has to do at least one of these. They have to. Uh, weed has to set off a plot point. Mm -hmm. It does weed as magic and inhabits this entire universe. It is, yeah. Does it um, divert the plot? Of course, they're constantly like dipping off to get high and stuff. Yeah. Like, rather than like looking in books and stuff. And, and when it's taken it. away, yeah, just the absence of it mm -hmm. changes the whole plot too. Yeah, and then it resolves again because they save up this itty bit of plant. <laughs> Tiny bit. So they can smoke with a, a, a dead founding father and the entire <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> Harvard alumni. <laughs> Second point, uh, is it good? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Genuinely one of the better stoner movies, I think. I mean, it, the How High Tyrion collection. <laughs> That's what it should have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this episode most uh, certainly is. Yeah. So, 
I say it. We like a, we put it on a vault. You put it in the vault. I am going to get my copy of How High, and I am going to frame it and put it next to my actual diploma. <laughs> and I might take the diploma down and put it up instead. Of, like, <laughs> if I apply for a job, they say like uh, it says here you like studied English. I says well, I also studied something else to a, like a near like a high academic level, and that's the movie How High. <laughs> Ask me anything about it. Right. This is Atkins from Disney Smart Guy. He's the vice president's daughter. So this this knowledge that I keep in my head rather than anything I learned at uni. <laughs> and I think this wraps up us talking about the film. Like, uh, it, oh, um. L, you're like a, a new co-host. I uh, want to yeah. ask everyone, Bill and Ted, is it a stoner film? Absolutely is. I, I feel very strongly about Bill and Ted. I have a lot of opinions and we might have to revisit it at some point, maybe in the sequel. It meets none of my rules. Well, I'm sorry, but it is. <laughs> they, they are stoners. They're stoner coded. Mm. <laughs> we'll get back to this on another day. Yeah. That's a tough one. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to be convinced either way, I think, on that. That's dead like, yeah, first, last time. Yeah, yeah. You said yes last time. Yeah. But now you're unsure. Yeah. Now you're seeing like after your rules. Day. After your rules, the, uh, just thinking about that, it, yeah. That's a tough one, actually. I mean, you did make the argument that it's not necessarily a stoner film, but like a sub-genre of stoner film. The Hesher film. Yeah. For but sure, I think, yeah. I think Surfer I... film, almost. Yeah, Hesher, I guess, is a better Hesher, word. like Beavis and Butthead aren't yeah. stoned, but they're fucking stoners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stoner coded. They're stoners, just they haven't found their, their stash yet. They yeah. haven't found the weed. So, um... You mentioned you've got like another podcast to to promote. Oh yeah, it's called uh, "Not Another Fucking Horror Podcast," nice. and it's me and Jonas Barnes and Ryan Danley, and uh, we just talk about horror. And uh, it's not out yet. We're banking a few episodes and getting some artwork, and then putting it up. But I'm excited. Okay, Amazing. cool. Well, once it's up, you can like uh, come on here to promote it again. Sounds awesome. Maybe if you do like a horror, like a stoner film, like a... Yeah. (laughs) You got anything to promote, Al? No, not at the moment. Um, All of my current life stuff's kind of Karate Kid and Cobra Kai related, so nobody nobody listening to this cares about that, really. Okay, and um, I've like uh, finished like my like fucked Nordic vibes, my... uh, Solo black metal <laughs> metal project. That's uh current you can just currently on um the demo first band camp because I made it as like a special like month month and a half just like cranking out a demo and I managed to finish it. So that's on there. I might like uh make up my own band camp because I was told after the twenty first. Cause it's it's just a, a charity thing, solidarity across borders. Yeah. 
So if you buy it from there. But also, I, I was told I can like sell, I can, I can make my own tapes and stuff now. So yeah. And um, that's fuck Nordic vibes. That's spelled F V C K E D. <laughs> and little O with a line through it. R D I C. Vibes spelled with three V's. I got out of hand there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Going on there. I also I, I super dig the music too. Yeah, I've been on your Bandcamp. I've been listening to that that uh, demo fest. Yeah, it's over two hundred demos got made by like all these like different people, like many basically. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, there are like a bunch of cool people who set that up. Yeah. Um, you can find this podcast at t h e g h c p o d on Twitter. It's on uh, Instagram at Get Hyperion Collection. You can email us at thgghcpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts and also on the SoundCloud, which is thgghcpod. Sort out Spotify since that's a thing now. Yeah, I like it. Hopefully soon. I think that's good. Like, uh, I think this wraps it up. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. Anytime, anytime. That was awesome. Hopefully, your next episode we'll be looking at Ali G and the House. Nice. <laughs> nice. Very excited. Wow.